1: check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Who they think are going to beat them Bengals?
3: It is the Locked On Bengals Podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisco. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you.
0: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. Today, we cover the Senior Bowl, Joe, down there live in Mobile. Our second and third segments feature a conversation with Joe and I where Joe tells you about what he saw today, the first day at the Senior Bowl. We haven't had a chance to dig into the film yet or take another look at any of the players that were down there today. A few standouts were obvious right away on Twitter, the guys you expect. So we'll talk about some of those guys in the second segment. And I'm sure many of you heard the press conference with Zach Taylor. That is on Bengals.com. That is on Twitter. Joe got a question in, so you can check that out for sure. But on top of that, the local guys, which is Jay Morrison Jeff Hobson, Joe's down there, John's down there, Tyler Dragon's down there, Ben Baby's getting there tomorrow, sounds like Paul Daner's getting there tomorrow as well. The local guys, which includes our own Joe Goodberry, had a chance to talk to Zach Taylor after he finished his time on the podium, so we had a more local slant on things, and that conversation will be the end of the show. But first, I'm going to catch you up on some Senior Bowl news, notes, what the general consensus is around the internet. And let's get into it. Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor made their rounds with the media on Tuesday down in Mobile, Alabama. Duke Tobin appearing on Ian Rappaport's podcast, The Rap Sheet, and Friends podcast. Tobin said some words about Andy Dalton, had a lot of respect, so they weren't going to just move on from Dalton willy-nilly. They want to make sure that both are comfortable with the next steps. It sounds like... This is just a matter of making sure that they are working with Dalton. If there's a trade, if there's a release, they're going to be in communication. There's some open respect here between the front office and their long-term quarterback. This guy was a second-round pick, of course, that came into Cincinnati, took them to the playoffs five years in a row, starting his rookie season. So it makes sense that there's some respect between the organization and the player. Dalton has also done great work in the Cincinnati area that we've talked about on the Lockdown On Bengals podcast in the past. So no surprises there. He's not saying that they're not going to pick Joe Burrow. When asked about Joe Burrow, he, of course, plays it cool. He is not saying that, yes, we've made a decision. He says that they're early in the process. It sounds like they're just doing their due diligence, though. And I wouldn't take anything he said today, such as, him pouring some water on the, the Bengals aren't interested in trading out of first report that came from Adam Schefter earlier in the week. That's just him covering his bases, right? If somebody comes in and blows the Bengals away and offers 10 drafts worth of picks for the first overall pick, Duke Tobin would probably be wrong to turn that down. 10 drafts worth of picks is a preposterous thing to obtain in terms of draft capital. But that is not a realistic scenario, right? So the realistic offers the Bengals might get that are in line with previous trades up into the number one spot in the draft are probably not going to be enough to move the Bengals off Joe Burrow if they feel good enough about him the way, say, the Colts did when they knew they were getting Andrew Luck to succeed Peyton Manning. And I'm not saying the Burrow is the same caliber of prospect as Luck, but if he is a franchise quarterback, you simply stay put and you take your quarterback. Regardless, Tobin also had some interesting tidbits in that discussion with Ian Rappaport and friends. He acknowledged that the Bengals need help at a lot of positions. He specifically talked about offensive line as one of those positions. So while there is certainly some momentum behind the idea that the Bengals feel better about their offensive line than their fans do, particularly with Zach Taylor's quote that talks about Jonah Williams being a second first-round pick this year, adding to the offensive line. The organization is aware of where they have needs, and more than ever, it sounds like they're willing to go into free agency. They've talked about finding the right guys, the smart fits. They know they have money to spend. They know they have early draft picks in each of these rounds, and it sounds like they're kind of aware that this tide has built and the organization needs to do something substantial to secure the fan base going forward. On top of that, Zach Taylor talked to the media today. He did his introductory press conference at the Senior Bowl. Everyone was asking about Joe Burrow. It sounds like Zach Taylor likes Joe Burrow. He was also pretty high in his praise for the South team's quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and for Justin Herbert, who had a really good practice in Mobile on Tuesday by all accounts, And Lloyd Cushenberry, the LSU center, was a popular man. Trevor Ritchie asked him what he would tell the Bengals if they asked him for information on Joe Burrow. And Joe Goodberry talked to Lloyd Cushenberry today as well. But Lloyd Cushenberry III said, if you don't draft him, it's probably the biggest regret ever in your career. How can you pass him up? He'll be a franchise QB for 15 to 20 years. Joe Burrow, obviously not down at the Senior Bowl, but his teammates that are there speak highly of him. On Bengals.com, Jeff Hobson wrote that the LSU long snapper didn't get a single question about Joe Burrow, but it sounds like Hobson had quite a few stories from LSU players about the character of their former quarterback and team leader. Joe will still be in the Senior Bowl for the remainder of the practices, and we'll get more updates to you in the next few days. And, of course, we have your first full update from
3: Joe on the ground in Mobile, Alabama, coming up next. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners, Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. Moving off of that topic and into
0: the topic of mental fitness, we talk about physical fitness all the time. You work out, you go to the gym, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. And LeBron James has coupled with the Calm app, the number one app for sleeping meditation to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like every other muscle in your body and Calm can help you train to sleep better, have less stress and perform at your best. LeBron knows sleep is incredibly important. He has gone on record and said getting good sleep and finding time to rest. One of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if LeBron is doing it, you know, you should be too. Right now for a limited time. Our listeners can join LeBron in using calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership on calm.com slash locked on unlock content to help you focus, ease stress and sleep better. You can get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on.
3: Reporting live from Mobile, Alabama, this is Joe Goodbury from the Senior Bowl. Jake, can you imagine that? I'm down here watching players play and Bengals coaches coach. Very exciting stuff. No, actually, it was a really fun day. Uh, We've got to meet a few players, talk to Bengals coaches, assistant coaches, uh, a lot of interesting things and chatter, I think, on the Bengals world with Duke Tobin talking and Zach Taylor talking to the rest of the NFL world. Yeah, it was pretty cool to watch from the outside. I could see your hat
0: in the picture. Okay. (laughs) That... uh... The Bengals put up for Zach Taylor's press conference, I saw a few of the other reporters out there. And when I was listening to Zach Taylor's press conference, I I couldn't hear the questions at all. But somebody else, I guess, in the chat could hear the questions was like, was that Joe Goodberry? And then they put out a cleaner copy of the audio. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that's definitely Joe
3: we were having trouble too last year there was uh speakers set up at each podium so you could hear what everyone was asking you could hear the response for us this year we couldn't hear anybody even sitting next to us talking it was such a weird situation uh so everyone even on their their own audio devices were like i'm not sure i picked anything up it, it was just it was odd but we ended up getting um another session with zach taylor after that press conference when we got to go ask him questions with much bunch of the cincinnati media and i think we'll hear that in the next segment yeah. You'll hear that in our final segment of
0: the show today, Joe, you got to do what John and I did when we were down in Cincinnati. I wonder if Zach Taylor remembered John. So tell me about the hat thing. What, what yeah. was the interaction with the hat? Cause it kind of got fuzzy there at the end. You said, Joe sent me a clip. He was talking to Zach Taylor after practice and Taylor said something about his hat.
3: Yeah, that's right. And, uh, because he as I this is the third time I asked him a question, and each time he's very engaging, looking he looks you in the eyes and answers your question. and uh, but he kept breaking concentration with me and looking at my hat, like this is confusing. You're not supposed to wear Bengals gear if you're part of the media, right? And, but yet it's not a Bengals logo. You can see the confusion going through his head as he's kind of stammering through some questions sometimes. And then he go, at the end he goes, yeah, I keep, I'm sorry, I keep looking at your hat because I thought it was a Bengals helmet, but now that I see it, much closer. It's not. It's a, you know, Bengals brain. So I thought that was awesome and everyone laughed.
0: That's pretty cool. He's going to remember that, right? Like if you go back so. and see Zach Taylor in the future, you're wearing that head. He's going to be like, oh yeah, Bengals brain guy. Asking those good There's questions, fun. trying
3: to make me talk about Joe Burrow being sneaky. That's right. I did. That's, that was my goal. Because I think, the, you know, some of the other more national guys were asking about Joe Burrow. And Taylor's already answered that stuff with the local Cincinnati media. So I wanted to ask him player evaluation questions about Joe Burrow without asking about Joe Burrow, if that makes sense. So I I was I'm asking about a lot of different traits that Burrow possesses without saying it's him. And I think I'll do the same tomorrow when I talk to Duke Tobin.
0: Some nice leading questions,
3: do some incepting, make sure that they're yeah. on the right path. And they knew too. Like, even John noticed when that, like, some of the questions I'm asking, the way Zach looks at me, like, and, and other people, like, he knew you were talking about Joe Burler. And I'm like, I know he did. Well, he we started talking about Patrick
0: Mahomes. And if you were watching the press conference, it's over on bengals.com. You can hear Joe. I've got a timestamp up on my Twitter page somewhere. It was like 12.58 in the clip where you can hear Joe ask a question. You get a answer from Zach Taylor talking about going off script and uh how about the rest of your day so you you got in last night you're down there with John Sheeran from Cincy Jungle
4: that's right
0: and you got your credentials you went over to the practice today what was that like how was it
3: it's windy and it's really cold okay it's about 32 33 and the wind chill isn't helping at all Uh, You could see some of these players struggling with it, too. I saw a clip on Twitter of the running backs coach for the Bengals kind of giving the crap to the running backs about wearing sleeves, worried about the cold when those are fumbling sleeves, as he put it. And it it was freezing. Um, You could you could tell the wind picked up a little bit on some passes and and did a little bit too much to uh, a a few of these guys, especially uh, Shea Patterson on the other squad. But. I think uh, watching practice, we focused originally on the D-line and the quarterbacks of the cell squad for the Bengals. Justin Herbert went through his drills. It looked really good. I, I thought he had a fine day. Uh, Hertz was a little bit off at times. And then, obviously, I think everyone's talking about uh, Kinlaw on the defensive line. He not only looked good in one, like individual bag drills and stuff, but then he comes in and kicks inside. We walked over to the uh, one-on-ones offensive-defensive line. And he dominated there. And he, it wasn't just power. It was agility, too. And there was a few offensive linemen. Uh, Jim Turner was interesting to listen to because he is very loud. He's very direct. He's very clear on what he wants and what he's saying. I mean, I'm 30 rows up trying to get a good vantage point of the one-on-ones, and I can hear exactly the, the points he's telling these guys. And even after practice, he brought all of his linemen together. Now we're on the field, and I'm standing right next to Turner trying to hear what he's directing these guys to do because I want to know, you know. And he's telling them, um, interior linemen. This is what I want you to do. I want your first focus point to be on their hand on the ground. Put your dick, lined in, line it up with that. And if they go left right or right, you'll know by the way, which way their hand goes. He goes, tackles, where are my tackles? And they raise their hand and he goes, I want you, that's a little bit harder now, right? Because they're out, they're offset to you. I want you to follow that right knee, that inside knee. If that inside knee goes inside, they're going to try and beat you inside. If that inside knee goes outside, right on the first step, they're going to try and beat you outside. He goes, Do we have a problem with any of that? They all said no. He goes, Is anybody confused? They all said no. He goes, Go home. And I'm like, He's very direct and very serious. And none of the players seem to have a problem with it either. I was going to ask them, because uh, I talked to Lloyd Cushenberry, LSU Center, I asked him, you know, Joe Burrow questions. But I think I'll ask him tomorrow, you know, how, how does it feel uh, getting coached? a little bit harder or maybe he was in college but you know definitely that would be a direct thing you'd have to wonder if that's the your kind of style and i think it is for a lot of guys it seemed they liked number 65 terrence Steele, out of texas tech i kept hearing um uh turner the uh, call out his name and point him out to other players for what he was doing and i think i'm looking for his number here barch ben barch out of st john's number 75 He had an interesting day. A lot of good reps got beat one time inside on a bull rush. But every time he came back, he's like looking for tips from from Turner. And Turner was really complimentary of him. It seemed just looking at body language and how he played. So that's a a guy from a very small school. We'll have to see how he continues to play over the week. But uh, that could be someone we might want to put on the radar. That's pretty
0: interesting that we can just hone in right away in January. January 21st is we're recording. And we know who they're focused on, because we can see who they're coaching. That is a pretty unique and rare occasion, rare thing for us to get to do as Bengals fans. And we got Joe down there on the ground in Mobile. He's got a bunch of audio for us we'll get throughout the week. And we're going to have these reports for you for the next couple of days, right? You're there. For practice on Wednesday and Thursday as well there were some wide receivers that stood out I know you didn't get a chance to watch the South guys today so we'll talk about them maybe a little bit more tomorrow and in the coming weeks because we will have plenty of time to dissect tape to dissect the scouting reports that come out of Mobile but who else stood out to you today anybody else worth mentioning
3: yeah, I've got one other guy, and his name is Jonathan Grenard, and he's an edge guy from Florida, played a lot of 3-4, three, 3-3 three, three front stuff where he's a pass rusher, but they also dropped him in coverage a whole bunch. He's from Louisville, originally transferred to Florida. Uh, and I asked him you know, about his versatility and is that a selling point, and he was very confident in that. And then we go out to the practice field, and the Bengals are running him back and forth between the defensive end drills and the linebacker drills. And he did fine as a pass rusher. But he actually looked much better as a linebacker. And he's got a nice, thick build to him, fat ass, and he's got great balance. And uh, the way he moves, man, is much better in space than you would expect for a guy that rushed the passer as much as he did. So uh, watch out for Grenard. And maybe, you know, he's a day two, third round guy, but someone to keep an eye on.
0: You are fully in the scout speak lingo there, Joe. Talking about bubble would the bubble butt. Uh,
3: yeah, that's that's the right one.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well, Joe, we'll get you back tomorrow. I know you're busy down there in Mobile. We've got, though, a full interview with Zach Taylor. Joe, you were a participant in that interview, so take a listen. We've got questions from the local media in Cincinnati, and Emily Parker, who we worked with back when I went down to Cincinnati, made sure that John Sharon, who's down there for Cincy Jungle, and Joe were included in that. So that's a really great privilege, and tomorrow... You're going to want to definitely tune in to the podcast because we have a pretty cool opportunity coming up and you're going to want to listen to what comes out of that. So stay tuned and we'll get you over to that Zach Taylor interview. And as we transition, Joe, down in Mobile, Alabama, bringing you that great Locked On Bengals coverage, you've been a listener of this podcast for a while. You've heard the great advertisers working with us to reach you, the sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Bengals is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bengals fans. Because we target Bengals fans specifically, unlike any other podcast, Locked On Bengals gives your company the unique opportunity to reach local podcast listeners a Lockdown Podcast listener. If you want to connect with Bengals fans, a predominantly male audience, well-educated, with disposable income to spend on your company, well, let's get you advertising on this podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, and you can find out more information by just texting the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know a little bit about yourself. We'll get our team to help you achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, you can text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockdownpodcastcom slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you.
3: Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go. Not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got... 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75 degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles.
0: Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe, we've talked about it before, you're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there. Go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona. Take yourself a little spring break. Plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Now we'll jump into that Zach Taylor interview. Let's hear what he had to say to the local media.
1: You got your system, you got your system in place, though. So I guess that's the big difference. That
0: is a huge deal. You know, the coaches are all on the same
4: page, and uh, so you don't have to handle it from that side. But, but now we get a chance to go back through the tape from the season and analyze what we want to do differently going forward and
2: Specifically for the
0: Bengals, what are the advantages of coaching a senior?
4: Up close and personal with these players because otherwise you don't get a chance to see how they respond in meetings. Um, You know what's being told of them before they go on the field. How quickly do those guys handle that information, process it, and play with confidence? Who's studying at night? You really get a chance to know what their their character off the field is, but their football character as well. Which, which other times you're just asking people, you're trying to get a feel in a 15-minute interview or a, you know an hour interview at pro day, We're trying to ask his college coaches. We get a chance right now to, to spend you know really five days meeting with the player, trying to formulate our independence and that that's a big advantage.
0: In, situa- in situations like this, when you have quarterbacks, receivers working together for the first time, what is like the most important uh, philosophical thing to like progress that chemistry going forward? It, it is
4: hard. And in one week, to say that they're going to formulate much chemistry, you know, the quarterback might be throwing just a couple balls to, to all six or seven receivers. And so there's no expectation to formulate great chemistry. It's just execute it to the best of your abilities, doing what we're asking it to do so that we can be on the same page. Um, you know, they're very limited in what they can do defensively. So we pretty much know what we're going to get, know how the route should be run, what the timing should be. There shouldn't be a lot of gray there, but to say that they're going to develop great chemistry this week is.
0: Because he dealt with that um, with, with Brian true. last year when when you put him into the starting lineup in the middle of the season, so like, well, that's
4: that's different. I mean, if, if he had a chance all spring and summer to throw with the guys, um, knew exactly who his receivers were, and uh, if you just start from scratch this week, it's it's hard to be able to generate that chemistry in six days.
1: Coach, you got uh, Steve Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. He's uh, your new secondary coach. Yeah. He's been a he's been a career safeties coach, and I guess he's going to be coaching corners.
4: Yeah. He's coached corners over the course of his career as well. And, and uh, he, I think he brings a lot of energy to the table. Um, certainly brings a physical presence. If you just look at him, it looks like he could play right now. Yeah. And uh, so it's just great energy, great experience. He's handled a lot of different different types of players, a lot of different types of personalities. And, uh, just excited for what
3: he brings to the table. Yeah, what was the thing that carried him in the interview, do you think? Was, that, was it just... Yes,
4: both. You know, it's anytime you see a guy play nine years for the same team, that usually tells you, you know, what the coaching staff thought about him. uh got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. We're looking for guys that we want to play in the Super Bowl, and so so guys that can bring that experience to the table and know what it takes to be there. He's um, been a lot of great a lot of great teams uh, as a player and as a coach, and so we're excited to have.
2: Him. Look like experience was a big factor in your decision because you hired Al Golden, and him, 50-year-old coaches a lot sure. of
0: experience in the league and college as well.
4: We we took our time. We interviewed. A lot of guys. We, we weren't just going to interview one and make the hire. We, we made sure we interviewed a lot of, a lot of really good candidates. Um, and those two guys really stood out. I feel like they could bring some value to the staff.
3: How do they help you? This, uh, it's kind of a whirlwind for them. All of a sudden you're it here. Is. You know, and, uh, they don't even know your system, never mind
1: I'm trying to get the thing implemented.
4: The advantage for them is they do get a chance to interact with their staff on a little bit more different level than if you just go through the three months of the offseason and then get on the field in May. Um, They they just get a jump start here to kind of see what we're all about, see how we structure our practices. our meetings are set up, and so it's a bonus for them as well. You know, I feel like I got a pretty good feel for them, just having interviewed them and, and asking around about them, but now they get a chance to be around the 20 or so other coaches yeah, in their stuff.
3: Not exactly like you're putting in a, a game plan, I guess. No, it's,
4: it, you know, it's it's pre-regulated, and, and we even change our terminology a bit, because these players are going to scatter and go to other teams, and you don't want it all out there, so um, there's some things i got to remind myself on on what the play's <laughs> called. You know, Brian's Brian sure to tweak a couple, just enough things to confuse me, you know, Um Known our whole offense, but it's exciting to see these guys take it all in this week.
0: You talked about um, using this as a way to confirm what, what what these players are good at and seeing it on on the practice field. But yeah. in terms of the ch- challenging them to do some things different, to to better themselves in, in that way, how much it, how is, how important is that compared to just putting them in the, in the positions for, for them to succeed? Yeah,
4: well, I mean, you know, for example, a receiver might have only run a couple different routes in the route tree in his college, and so now we get a chance to expand that to things that we would ask them to do and see how quickly they process. That information um how quickly they can do it the way we want it get a chance to, to really see what their skill set is you know so we'll ask them to do a couple things so we can get a great evaluation and the rest of the league can get a great evaluation of what their skill set is i think that's the benefit of these all-star games is um, you take them out of their comfort zone of the things that they did for four years of college three or four years and and do what what we do and a lot of the league does and, and see how quickly those guys can uh, process that information and, and play with confidence
0: coach is there anything uh with the 49ers from last year going from the senior Bowl to the super bowl, is there anything from that that you can maybe model your team after going into next season
4: you know they've they've certainly um having played them over the course of the last couple years when I was in that division, um, they, they always had a good team. They were able to have some critical pieces this soft season in the draft and free agency. You know, the staff had been there for three years calling the same system. And so you really got a chance. You, you knew playing them last year that this team is, is heading the right direction. Things just aren't going their way. They had a lot of one score games like we did this year. It didn't go their way. And then this year they kind of flipped the switch there. And, and, and we played them early in the season, man, they were, they were a real problem to deal with. And, and it's shown. I mean, they're just, to be in
3: the city. Back to Al. You guys were in the city of Miami at the same time. Did you get to know him at all?
4: No, I didn't. Oh. Um, this is really. I'm sure we've shaken hands before and, and got. You know, I, I didn't know him. Yeah. knew certainly a lot of people that coached with him, been around him. Um, and just felt like it was a great fit for him and our staff. He, he's got exceptional character. He's a great leader. Um, he's got a great background coaching linebackers and, you know, it's, it's always great when you can add a, a former head coach on your staff because they, they approach things a little bit differently. And, and I certainly, uh, want to go about things with no ego and I'm always open to things. And so he, he'll bring a lot of value to the staff.
3: Any
0: thoughts on Bill Callahan reportedly being hired by the Cleveland Browns to coach the offensive line?
4: No thoughts. He's a great coach. Um, and uh, obviously I have high respect for him. He, he, uh, I always thought he helped me become a better player, really challenged me in a lot of ways that um, some coaches aren't able to do. And so, again, I, I've always had high opinions of him. Um, I don't want good coaches in our division, so hopefully that's not true. Uh, <laughs> but certainly he's somebody i got a lot of respect for, and he's a good football coach.
3: Given you get that, that number one pick and you're looking at quarterbacks, how are your? Um, um, I know you have a pre-draft visit, you have a campus visit, but can you have more? I mean, you can have you can spend as much time as you want again, right? I mean, or whoever you're looking at, you can spend as much time as you want.
4: Yeah, there's only a certain amount of time we we've, we've got to deal with these guys, you know, and so we got a lot of guys, we got a process. Um, you do you go to talk at the combine, you get a chance to go spend time with them on their campus, you know, their pro day, do the personal workouts, and uh, we certainly will take advantage of as much of that as we can coach
1: as, as far as the actual team I'm, I'm sorry somebody already asked it, it, what kind of priority are you, are you guys putting on maybe getting AJ Green back and talk some little is he, is he part of the plans oh absolutely
4: yeah he's a big priority for us you know and the, things we'll have to work out of it because course of spring but we certainly on AJ being in the fold next year and, um, he's back healthy and we know that's a huge weapon that will certainly benefit us
1: thanks coach uh,
4: <laughs> um <laughs> I, I've seen plenty of quarterbacks uh, lead their teams to Super Bowls that maybe don't have the yep. biggest hands. Um, you know, what it does is when guys got 10, 10 and a half inch hands, you know, they can pull the ball down a little, you know, they anticipate throwing the ball and then you're able to pull them back. I can usually say oh, that guy's got pretty big hands. Uh, but no, it's plenty of guys have had great careers, great seasons, Super Bowl type seasons. And, people would say that they have small hands so I have small hands so I'm a little sensitive to it you know so uh, but no what's your hand size I've been around I, I think I'm nine I think I'm uh nine flat which is which is that's generally the last in the starting quarterbacks in the league so uh,
1: isn't that's why i'm not a starting quarterback in the nfl maybe. isn't all of scouting a little bit like that it's like you could pretty much measure anything or everything and you have to determine if it's nonsense
4: or if it means yeah. something or you can look at it both ways there's, there's some great quarterbacks in this league that have 10 and a half inch hands 10 and three quarters there's some guys that have nine just like just like myself um that are playing deep in the playoffs you know and, and uh so uh, there's always exceptions to everything. You know, it's it's you got to make your own evaluations. Make sure you're getting good football
3: Is, Wouldn't it be better to measure hand strength instead of hand size?
1: I don't even know if there's a way to do that.
4: I don't either. Uh, that's a little that's a little beyond me. Uh,
3: but
1: <laughs> all right, stretch your hand. Where's Just a couple in? more minutes i got to get from when
3: evaluating these guys. If a guy has just an average arm, does that change the way mm-hmm. you look at him? If he's really good in every other area, can you say, Well, the average arm I can look faster?
4: Average arm's not the worst thing in the world. You know, we're we're not asking our guys to throw the ball fifty yards on the field many times in a season. Um, you're looking for the anticipation, knowledge, and understanding of the defense and where your receiver needs to be, and um, oftentimes the, the anticipation is, is almost better to have than just a massive arm um, because you're not. They got to throw on time, on rhythm. They have to have a great understanding of what they're facing, and so there, there's some give and take there. You know, obviously, if a guy can throw with great anticipation and touch and have have a great arm, then that's 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 the whole package. But not everybody's not everybody's built that way. But um, oftentimes, a lot of these successful quarterbacks take, take uh, a guy like Chad Pennington, for example. He didn't have a monster arm, so he had to spend the extra time making sure he threw with great anticipation and, and awareness of where the route was going to end up and beating the coverage with the throw. And, um, you guys have great careers doing it that way.
3: Tyler jumped in too fast. I was going to make the first
0: question, will A.J. Green practice today?
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll take a day-to-day with A.J. <laughs> no, be
0: the A.J., the cornerback.
4: Oh, yeah, Oklahoma yeah, yeah, State. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a great joke otherwise. <laughs> All right. Thank uh, you,
0: Zach. We're going to get him off the practice. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Sam. Thanks, Zach. <laughs>